Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. This is a podcast from Minute Media. This is Stacking the Box with NFL insider Matt Berteram and Mark Carmen. Welcome into Stacking the Box. It's going to be a very spirited start of the show here. Maybe the whole show. Matt Berteram is very mad at me. And we have a very interesting NFL unfolding after a fascinating week of teams collapsing. Uh, but, Bertram, let, let's start where we need to start here. You and me were supposed to go to the Chicago Bulls game versus the New York Knicks last Thursday night. As if you're a diehard stack in the box fan, you listen to the end of the show. We basically always talk about Bertram's Knicks. Uh, unfortunately, I uh, could not commit to being at the game full time because of a major issue uh, with a dog who was getting spayed and another personal matter which uh, combined for me to say on, what was it, last Tuesday show that Verderam, I can't go to the game on Thursday night. But I had already put in for a credential to the game, and it worked out that I could be there for half the game. So I went on the credential, I tweeted about it, and you are very mad at me. So let's go. So I have no problem with the fact that you, you went to the game, but it was such a shady, shitty way to do it. Like, just... <laughs> Like, look, man, I can't go. First of all, you're all like, yeah, yeah, I'll get tickets. Don't worry about it. You never got tickets. Then you tell me two days before the game that you didn't get tickets. At this point, the prices have gone up from like 70, 75 bucks a seat to like a buck 25. Um, and you're like, yeah, man, I can't make it. Like, okay, okay, fair enough, right? Like, you can't make it. Then you're tweeting from the damn game. You're like, baseline, hey, is Derek Rose? Look at that. The only satisfaction I got out of that fact is, A, I saved 100 Well, I'm sure after concessions would have been like 160 bucks. And, B, the Knicks won the game. So I enjoyed I enjoyed that immensely. I was watching that game. And I think I actually would have had a stroke watching the last two minutes of that in real time as the Knicks did everything they possibly could to blow up and game throw. No. But I consider you a friend. We invited each other to each other's weddings. You're an animal for not telling me the truth. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't even have taken it personally. I would have been like, "Hey, man, you got a credential. Good for you. You should go." To See, that's where you're wrong. It's not. I didn't. It's not that I didn't go with you because I got a credential. I was. I would have always planned on getting a credential. I didn't go with you because I couldn't sit with you for the whole game. I didn't even know that I could go. Uh, the way that the day unfolded, I think you know this when you have family life. Family comes first. That I didn't even know I could go until the very end of the day. It was an on the fly moment. And for the record, Verderamp. If you had gone on the Chicago Bulls website, you would have seen that tickets were available. You could have gotten yourself a a, a seat and, and entered into the United States. Now, where I apologize to you, at the last moment when I saw that I was going, I should have communicated to you, hey, Verderam, I'm actually going, because, uh, but I'm only going to be able to stay a half. And I think you were in town. You had made the drive up for Rockford. Because, I was. I wasn't. So I, that is my mistake where I should have said, hey, 
Do you want to come for a half? By the way, they're they're not sold out. You're going to have to pay a, a face value ticket, but you could get upper level and, and and get in for whatever it was. And so I I that part of it I I, I felt bad that that I did not communicate. But other than that, for the record, you just brought up the weddings. One of us came to another person's wedding. I drove out to Rockford there. Vertoram, uh, I, I believe you bailed on like the last week. Like, hey, man, sorry, wife can't do it. We couldn't find someone to watch Maisie. <laughs> I, was, I, at least I told you. At least I told you. It would, it would, it would have been like if I just didn't show up. Okay. But uh, no, I told you. I told you on Tuesday. I gave you multiple days. By the way, Josh Hill, who works at Fansided, he was at the game. He could have invited you. He knows you're a Knicks fan i told you multiple days in advance you could have made other plans hill, hill never at any point and i know he went to the game by the way we were, we were chatting about it. but hill was going with friends like i had no beef the hill has no obligation to invite me to go to a game hill and i have gone to many games hill and i went to a chiefs game together we drove eight hours to go to what's my game. obligation here i told you on tuesday i you you wouldn't have want hey hey vert around i could sit with you for a quarter that you're going to be by yourself which by the way would have been fine for me i mean i do everything in life on my own basically but you 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 want a partner there you didn't want to go by yourself or you would have gone i i didn't but my my beef was ultimately and i know we should probably move on because i don't think anybody gives a shit about this oh, but I think, ultimately I, I think this is great <laughs> it, it's it's the whole sequence of events hey let's go then not oh, i waited hey. too long tickets are so expensive Hold on a baseline at the game right now. Like, by the way, how long did you end up staying? Just out of curiosity. I I was there, like, to the start of the fourth quarter, as it turned out. Then I had to go home and and play rescue. So, um, but but here, uh, listen, feel free on the chat here to to weigh in. But look. And, and, Verteram, and, and, and Verteram, two two things. Number one, in the in the first time in the history of Bulls StubHub since like 1998, ticket prices went up because it was Joe Keem Noah night and the Bulls got to four and zero. Like that was unprecedented. The tickets went up, but they weren't sold out, so it really shouldn't have had an impact. And second, and, and secondly, Verteram, I don't want to make any promises, but since because you're you're a good friend of mine and you're a, we're stacking the box partners, I am doing. Uh, everything I can to to rectify the situation going forward. So I'm I might have a a, a great this this is gonna this is gonna work out for you in the end if if things go the way I'm in, intending them to go. So um, I, I'm working on tickets for you for a Knicks game this year. And and if I come through, I want you to say on this podcast that forever and always, Carm is my guy, and I love him to the end of the earth, right behind my wife and Maisie and my parents. We'll see. We'll see. I, and, and I also we need to, before you do anything. Like, what what day is that game? I before I know I understand your schedule, buddy. Because <laughs> I don't want you to go through all that, and then it's like, oh, by the way, I'm not going to be here. So. I I I, un- I understand I, this, which is why I don't think it's going to be a Bulls game. But I, you know, from Rockford, you can make a nice jaunt up and see the Milwaukee Bucks. Could you not? That- uh, yes. Yeah, and that would be a hell of a game, wouldn't it? Knicks and Bucks, wouldn't that be a sweet thing? It would. That would. That would. And, and I'm, I'm gonna get to the Knicks later, as so I always and, do. At the end and, of the and, and 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 like free that. and free good tickets, by the way, wouldn't that be awesome? Yeah, I think that would be. Yeah, a, that, that'd be. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Of, I don't. I, a whole I, lot of selling, uh, and not a lot of. Right, lot right, of right, right, right. I don't want to under uh, over promise, under deliver. I got it. But yeah. okay, so let's get into the show here. Uh, at least the, show. the football right. show. All right, so here we go. AFC. We're starting there. Contenders, pretenders. The Browns look terrible. The Chiefs pull off a miracle. Uh, maybe if you get a win this week, all of a sudden they're they're back in the mix here. Uh, you know. 
what 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 is a Matt Verderam staying up late? And by the way, I had the Chiefs last night, and that was a, and and I blame Dan Hampton, the Hall of Famer, for ma- for putting money on the uh, not money, but you know our, our picks on Kansas City, and of course the Giants covered last night. But anyway, what do you make of the AFC? Cover they almost shot right one. I understand. Uh, um. I wrote the reason I put this on the, on the rundown is because I wrote about it on Monday for people to read stack in the box. So you're going to kind of get a little bit of a double dip here, although now it's updated with the Chiefs game having been played. Look, I think there are five teams in the AFC that matter. Buffalo to me is the best of the teams, but they're not elite. I don't know that I'm overly impressed by them. Like I feel like they've been very good defensively, but they've also played a bunch of absolute tomato cans. And so you know, when they played Tennessee's offense, they got rolled. They gave up a million yards and a million points and all that, and they lost. Um, but I think they're my favorite right now. Baltimore's in the conversation. Um, I think I think you have to say the Chargers are in the mix. The Titans are in the mix. But losing Henry is a mortal blow to them. Titans are done. Like, done. There's, no, there's nobody – non-quarterback wise who's more important to their team than him i mean he's just it's it's almost like a team losing their quarterback it's not quite but it's it's that same type of gut punch um i'm putting kansas city in there for now the four and four they won the game but i gotta tell you they're literally in there for one reason because i think they're the kind of team that they could just get hot and roll a bunch of teams in a row but I will also say in the same breath, they have shown zero inclination to doing that this year. Zero. So they're in there basically based on respect and track record, not on what they've done to this point. But at 4-4 four and four and being a two-time conference champ with all that talent, I'm not rolling them out. The Raiders and Bengals also deserve a shout-out here. But I, the Bengals losing to the Jets to me, just, just – I, I, I'm, I'm sorry. Like – I was so in on the Bengals, and then that happened. And I know it's one game. That's a god-awful loss. And I watched that game. That was hideous. The Raiders are 5-2. and two. I got to be honest. I have a lot of respect for the way they've played. They fought back from, from the Gruden resignation. I I just don't see it with them. as a, I, I think they can make a playoffs, but I don't see them as, oh, they could go to the Super Bowl. I'm talking teams that can get to SoFi Stadium and I think it's Buffalo, Baltimore, Tennessee, if Henry comes back. Maybe the Chargers, who are reeling kind of at the moment right now. And the Chiefs, who have been dog shit all year long, but have the talent, I think, to be really good. Well, hold on. You, you, you named a million things. Let's, let's go to the Chargers. And the Chargers yeah. gave up 42 points to the Browns in a game they won to get to 4-1. and one. Uh Cleveland can't score on a high school team right now. They gave up 34 to the Ravens. They gave up 27 to the Pats. Uh, I, I don't know, man. Like they, the, the Chargers were a very, very sexy early season. Let's get hot. That maybe they can do it. Herbert Sweet. Maybe he's an MVP candidate. But I think they're just a, that that case right now feels like they're almost borderline Titanic. I, maybe I'm going over the top here, but if you look at what's going on, I, I don't. I, I feel like. It, and, and my point is that, like, why rule out the Chiefs? Why why would you do that? The 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 rate who who has staying power right now in the AFC? Who can you? That's just re- it. Yeah, and it that's and just it's, it. Go ahead. It's, it's no, I'm sorry, no, I, I agree with you. That's why, like, 
most years, the Chiefs playing like this, I honestly would just say, look, it's just not going to happen. And I don't know that it is going to I should go Paco. We're going to get to your Packers here in a minute. Um, look, I don't know that most years I wouldn't just sit here and say, yeah, Kansas City, it's just not happening. But the AFC, I can't remember a conference that feels more wide open. Like, there's nobody in the conference that you sit there and say, oh, that team's the dominant team. They're the favorite. Look, I think Buffalo's probably going to be the one seed because the schedule's a joke. But I got to tell you, like, in that same breath, would I be shocked if Buffalo lost to Tampa, lost at New Orleans, lost to the Colts at home, lost to the Pats on the road? No. Like, I wouldn't be. And if you're an elite team, I think you'd be shocked by that. I mean, Buffalo almost lost this weekend to Miami at home. That was a real game until about the five-minute mark in the fourth quarter. The one game that um, I covered this week, for the record. Way to go, Bills. Way to pile it on late. Thank you, Buffalo. They, they did pile it on. You're right. But it's just – I don't know, man. I look at all these teams, and I don't – I guess my point is we're halfway through the year, about about halfway through the year. I don't think anything's settled in the AFC. Anything. I think what, what's going to end up happening in January is going to be defined by what's coming up in the AFC, not what's behind us. So real quick, since we always mention the Chiefs here, interesting little tidbit of a trade. Uh, I, I don't know if how you feel about the Chiefs going out and getting a linebacker uh, who has played played a quarter of the snaps this week. The Steelers, he did nothing. Um, one sack, ten tackles. Uh, Melvin Ingram is an interesting little I, – I, Credit, in my mind, to Kevin Colbert, the Steelers' GM, to get a six-round pick from Kansas City for a guy that was there for half a season and did absolutely nothing. But uh, maybe you think yeah, that they'll you, help. Go ahead. I might surprise you a little bit. I'm actually very happy in terms of the player. Look, I, I understand that. If you watch them this year, though, he kind of went down and snaps because they have a lot of young players at that position, like Alex Highsmith, that they want to play. Melvin Ingram, when he was on the field, like stats – actually looked pretty pretty good. He had a 12.5% pressure rate. That's good. That's one every eight snaps. Like that's, that's not bad. I mean, he actually played pretty well when he had the chance. He's got some juice. Look, I, I'm not trying to sell this like they just got, you know, Lawrence Taylor. But can he help them? Yeah, he can. Now, the flip side of that is, should this team be giving up any picks right now? I don't know. That's the bigger question for me. But I do think... I think the talent is worth the pick. I really do. I think when you watch the, their film, and I have watched their film, he's played well for them when he's been on the field. So I like the move. The, the Chiefs, you know this, Carm. I've been harping on this here and on the Arrowhead Attic podcast. Their biggest issue right now is their pass rush. They just can't get home. This move kicks Jones back inside, where he's where he was very good, by the way, last night against the Giants. And it pairs him with Clark. Clark has been a hood ornament all year long. He actually played really well last night. So maybe – a little bit of a turning of the corner for the Chiefs defensively. Two of the last three weeks, look, they've played bad teams, but they've been good defensively. I like the move. I don't think it's a game changer, but I do think it helps. I think you owe Frank Clark an apology. You've been killing on him, and rightfully so. But I do not owe him. I, I, I think you do. I think you. I think if if you were asked, will Frank Clark turn it around? You would have said emphatically no. And last night, if you were going to look at the top three reasons why the Chiefs won a football game, he's in there. You owe Frank Clark an apology. This is a show. Yeah. A bit much. <laughs> I, I, it's a bit much. <laughs> it might be a bit much, but I, I think you could go there. How about just something to, hey, Frank, thank you for contributing to the squad. We needed it, buddy, against the New York Giants, nonetheless, on Monday Night Football, so we didn't become a national embarrassment, losing to Daniel Jones and company. 
I, that was, I mean, you, you had to have it, did you not? Oh, no question. No question. You know, I, I got to tell you, that game, and we, oh, we're not on the Arrowhead podcast. We'll move on here. But that game, that put me through the seventh stage just about eight times. <laughs> I mean, just Mahomes fumbling that ball late in the red zone was, was about it for me right there. Like, that was it. I was ready to just walk into the ocean. I was like, you, you've turned the ball over roughly 87 times this year. And on a play where you know the only thing you can't do there is turn it over because you've got a chip shot field goal to tie the game in the fourth quarter, and he fumbles the ball. And he's holding the ball, like, out here. Like, it's just like, – it, like, it doesn't matter if somebody just takes the ball from him. It was a Wentzian situation. Just don't yell at Patrick Mahomes. He's too good. I can't. I can't listen to the Chiefs fans complaining about Mahomes. I don't care. If, I don't care if he turns it over seven times in a game. He, he's the reason why you have a chance to still do something this season. That's one hundred percent true. But he has been. He's been bad this year. Oh, that bad's yeah. over the top. Yeah, he, he hasn't. He has no, by, by his by, standards. Like, by by his standards, fine, his standards. fine, fine, by fine, his fine, fine, he's fine. fine. Let, let, let's go NFC. Huge win for Green Bay. Uh, the yes. Rams getting uh, v- very aggressive. Welcome Von Miller, uh, Arizona. I don't think we're 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 you know you lost to Green Bay, but still uh, right there. Tampa, yes, lost to New Orleans, but again, I mean the the NFC right now super strong. Don't forget about the Cowboys. I mean, I don't know who you putting at the top right now because that's like right now I'm putting the Rams at the top. But we're going. I mean, it really almost feels like a one A, one B, one C, one D, one E thing, right? I, I mean, it's just a weird week because you, I, I would have said the Bucks, but okay, then you lost to the Saints. I'd still say Tampa. I would uh, overall most complete team, but maybe Von Miller just makes that Rams defense so incredibly over the top, talented slash uh, dynamic. I don't know, but I I got I, I, I got to see it. I mean, he's. He hasn't been great. He's and he's coming and he's hurt. So we'll see. Right. Well, I like the Rams because I just wrote my quarterback rankings for fan side, and Stafford's number one right now. He's number one. He's been great. He's been great. Um, Brady, by the way, forty-four years old, twenty-five touchdown passes. It's <laughs> it's. I, I don't even know how it's physically possible. I really don't. Like, part of me is marvelled to no end by it. And part of me just hates him as a human being. It's, it's even possible to be that great. Like he's just raised the bar for all of us. And we're all going to fail and live up to it. Um, but he's incredible. Look, I think, I think the Rams are number one. I think the Bucks are number two. The Packers are right there, man. Like green Bay has won seven in a row. They went to Arizona with half their team and won the game. And I get it was a weird game. I get it. Like the Cardinals beat themselves in a lot of ways. If we're being honest, Right, I mean, they had three turnovers, and a couple of them were just ridiculous, self-inflicted. It wasn't anything Green Bay really did. It was just AJ Green not knowing what play was called. It was a muff kick, but they won the game. They won the game. Can, um, can we rewind just for one second? I yeah. don't know if I'm going to play this year. I'm going to go stand under a waterfall. Yeah, all right. yeah, yeah. He uh, he was coming back, and then they went last dance. But they, yeah, no, it's not going to be the last dance. No way. Really? You sure? Because this guy is out of his skull. And he hasn't even been great by his standards. He's been very good. But I wouldn't say like he's been elite Aaron Rodgers. He hasn't been. So, I don't know. Green Bay's I, – I, that, that story is, is, is the most interesting story to me in the NFL this year. Does, does he actually – can he pull this off? I got to tell you, if you're – you know, I can't – I don't remember if I wrote about this. 
I'm almost certain I did in sacking the box. If you if you're him and you're the Packers, you're really gonna part ways after this season? I wouldn't. You're really gonna go look like, at go look at New England. Where are you going? Denver? Denver sucks. You're gonna go play for Denver. Have fun with that. Oh, I think he can go somewhere and 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 make. He, you put Aaron Rodgers in Denver uh, with a with a decent offseason. They're better than the Packers right now. No, no, that, that's my. But that's my no, point. Right? But, but they're you're, in the they're in the mix. But your best chance to win is with the Packers, right? But like, he, but if he does if he does a similar thing to whatever that would be for him is as as Brady did going to Tampa. Let me get this guy. Let me get that guy. Let me get this. Let me let me go bit. Pittsburgh. Maybe I mean Pittsburgh sure. to me makes the most sense. Sure. Pittsburgh has a great defense, a great coach, right? Like they've had, they have some weapons. Their line stinks, but Pittsburgh makes sense to me. But this idea that he's going to go to Miami, he's going to go to Denver. He's a, why? Like if I was him, why? Because those teams are awful. I don't want to go to any of those teams. Yeah, but has Tom Brady not elevated his legacy by going to Tampa? Has I he mean, not? Has he not separated himself even further? I don't, amazingly, no. I mean, yeah, like, I, oh, yes and no to me. Yes, in the sense he won another Super Bowl, he won it without Belichick. But Rogers doesn't have that component of well, can he win without X? Like, no one's sitting there going, can he win without Mike McCarthy? No, but like, he, ha- he has the component of if he was in Tampa, he would have won just as much as Brady. Like, that that's the component to me. Like, Green Bay has screwed Rodgers. I'll show you, by the way, at the end of my career, I'm going to go somewhere else and win, and you guys are going to go to oblivion, which is, which, which is what will happen. I hear you. I hear you. But Rodgers is not in Brady's conversation. He's not. As, as great as he is, he's not Tom Brady. Like yeah, – oh, Really, like if, if they were both being see, nobody thinks this. I guess I can't. I'm not going to win this argument from but, a historical perspective. I, I agree, but he's like, more talented than Brady. Well, that's the question. Like it, Rogers is coming into the draft. Brady's coming into the draft. They're both rookies, right? You see the talent. Who are you taking? Rogers. You okay? Ro- talent wise, Rogers a hundred times out of a hundred. And how but, many how many Super Bowls do you think Rodgers would have won with New England? Oh, it's not probably, fair. It's not it's not fair to Brady. I mean, but, probably right there, but you know what? But he didn't. Yeah. Like that's and you know what? You're right, Carm. You're right. Like, you know, I mean, how many how many championships would Clyde Drexler have won if he was on the Bulls instead of Scottie Pippen? A lot. A lot, but he didn't. <laughs> you know, like that's just the way it is in sports. And I get it. You know, I understand that's maybe not the best process in the world. But it's reality. Like in 30, 40 years from now, when Brady's about to hang it up, uh, you know, you're going to look and you're going to go, that guy won seven Super Bowls. I mean, that's just the legacy that he'll always have for all time. Like, like if Marino had played with the Niners instead of Montana, he would have won a ton of Super Bowls. Right. But, but so, so, but I, I just don't understand when people make these arguments. Like, can, can we have a little bit of nuance and respect what Dan Marino was? And the fact that they basically never had a defense and or a running game, and he was with maybe one of maybe the greatest throw of the football in the history of yes. the NFL. Yes, I mean, I mean, and and we should have those nuanced conversations. Like I think Marino gets shafted in the all-time conversation. He was incredible. But my point is, and you know this as well as I do, that historically speaking, people remember moments more than they remember stats. They do. That's why I've always said, like with Philip Rivers, the Hall. Whenever the conversation comes up about the Hall of Fame. What is Philip Rivers' moment? I'm not saying, by the way, he shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame. I'm just saying when, when that argument comes, right, and somebody stands up and they say, I present Philip Rivers. Okay, 
here are his stats, here's where he ranks. And somebody, I guarantee you in that room of voters is going to go, well, what's his, what's his moment? What is he? And there's nothing. There's yeah. nothing. Like, Rodgers has his Super Bowl. He'll be a first ballot Hall of Famer. But my, it's only, let's bring a full circle here. Philip Rivers uh, and Hunter's making this point. His moment is basically screaming at people on the sidelines and acting crazy. He has no moment. He has right. no moment. Which, by the way, true of Matt Stafford as well. But if Stafford wins the Super Bowl this year, I'll go to the Hall of Fame. You mark my words on that. Well, that'll be his moment. But but Matthew, Matthew Stafford is is a great case of this. Like people would dog him. It's like do do you not see that he's playing for the most dysfunctional team in the NFL? If right. you, oh how, how how what part of that are you missing? Look at the arm talent. Look at look at how many games he has the Lions in. Okay, fine. It, he he didn't make the throw at the moment to have Detroit beat the Green Bay Packers, but it was just I always no, thought I always thought you're Stafford, right. Yeah. You're right. I agree, but I, all I'm driving at is with Rodgers, if you want to continue to make your mark in the NFL, you got to win titles. That's it. He's won MVPs. He's won a title, but he's never been back to the Super Bowl. Like, even a guy like Russell Wilson, he got back again. Mahomes got back. And, of course, Mahomes may have you know, 12, 15 years left. But, I mean, it matters how many Super Bowls you win first and foremost, but the number two thing is how many did you get to? Like, Kelly never won a Super Bowl, Jim Kelly, but he got to four of them. Like people remember that they got the four of them. It matters. It, I, Rogers, I, I, he's got to get back at some point here to build on his legacy. I, I, I get how everybody does the argument, and 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 la- last year took the ball out of his hands in the NFC Championship game. Now, should he have not listened to Matt Lafleur and just done his own thing? Probably, actually, definitely. But that's, I mean, you're you're that's kind of a ridiculous thing to ask somebody to do. All right, hey, uh, NFC. Before we move on here, Cowboys are going to win the East. Packers are going to win the North. I, the Bucks are going to win the South. I don't care what happened last week. And then the West is up for grab with the Cardinals and the Rams. So, uh, but one of them is going to be the wild card team. So, who are your other wild cards? I still like New Orleans. I know Jameis is out. I trust the, the culture in that building. I trust Sean Payton. I trust the offensive line, the ability now to run the ball. Kamara and Mark Ingram. They got the band back together. Their defense is really good. I trust them to win. I mean, they basically just beat Tampa with Trevor Simeon. Like, I trust them. I trust them to make the play. Plus, they're 5-2, and two, and I think that division stinks outside Tampa. So, I, I think they get in. I will go a little off the board here. I think Seattle's going to make the playoffs. You got, uh, I like you know, it. Russell Wilson's coming back, looks like, in week 10. Pin out of the finger. Yep, go ahead. I'll, I'll tell you right now. They are the kind, kind of like the Chiefs in the AFC. Not playing well, a lot of issues, and Chiefs obviously four and four. Seattle's three and five, tougher division. I could see Seattle getting in the playoffs at like nine and eight, and you're the two seed. You're going. You got to be fucking kidding me. We're playing them first round. Like that's who we got. I mean, you want no part of that. I, look, I, and you may beat them, but if you're the if you're the let's say the Packers, cases we've been talking about them, that's who you want in the first round. Is him on the other side? I don't want that. But I, I think that's who's going to get it. Because who else is it going to Philadelphia sucks. They're not getting it. Washington, the Giants are done. The Lions are done. Your Bears? I I don't no, know. 0.0. And I'm not bagging on your guy. I just can't see. They have no offense. Minnesota? Minnesota's the other team. I, made, I mean, my God. Like, they can't win a game they're supposed to win. Which, by the way, after losing to Cooper Rush, and we're going to talk about this game in the line segment of this podcast, couldn't you just see them going to Baltimore and winning this game? And it's like, oh, Minnesota. And then they just lose to Detroit. 
Like, that's just who they are. The Niners are in the mix. Carolina, I guess, kind of sort of is in the mix, but I like Seattle. The Saints just look – I mean, this is going to come down to schedule, I think, mostly, and 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 further health. But uh, I, Trevor Simeon, uh, okay. Uh, you've got they've got Buffalo and Dallas back to back on Thursday on, on Thanksgiving and and then a Thursday night game. Then they go to the Jets. Okay, fine. Then you got to go to Tampa too. That 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 thing gets pretty heated. Now they do they do catch a huge break and that they're getting Tennessee uh, without Derrick Henry, and that's just too bad. Derrick Henry comes on stack of the box and then he's done for the year. Not a good thing for the show and or for Derrick Henry. Um, but I. That the ba- the back end of the wild card in the NFC is wide open. It really is. So it, you you the fact that you even mentioned the Bears as a possibility is it seems absurd. But the reality is is that they could get in there. They won't because their schedule is really tough and because they're just not because their defense is falling apart. But um, anyway, we're gonna have Ben Heisler uh, coming in here. I think in a matter of moments to do our picks. But let's um, as we'll we'll uh, lean into what should be a very interesting week, but uh, into the future, we go for just a second in here. How much do you think Von Miller is actually going to help the Rams when we look ahead here, Verderam? I think he helps them. I think he helps them because look, they have Leonard Floyd on the outside, Aaron Donald, all world beast on the inside, right? And Sebastian Day as well is, is a very good player. Um, I don't look, they're not getting the Von Miller from 10 years ago. Right, like th- th- that's not happening. Which is, but that's fine. They don't need that. They gave up a lot to get him, though. I will say I a mean, lot. Before, I mean, Denver's Denver's eating the money, which made it more, you know, a, a more of a, a a return because Denver's sitting there saying, "Look, other than seven hundred k, we're going to eat the whole thing." I got to say, that's a great trade for Denver. Phenomenal, like, a great trade. Because let me tell you right now, you want to play chess instead of checkers. If you're George Patton, you're sitting there going. Got a second and a third for a guy we weren't going to re-sign anyway. And that gives us a whole lot of ammunition to go get a quarterback this offseason. I was I was texting with a high-ranking NFL personnel executive about a week ago. And, it, and completely unprompted, that person said to me, this offseason is going to be nuts with the quarterbacks because the draft class isn't good. Garoppolo is going to be out there. Rodgers might be out there. Wilson's going to be out there. Watson might be out there. The Broncos are loading up because the Giants have multiple firsts. The, the Dolphins have three firsts over the next two years. The Eagles are going to have three firsts. Okay, they, they have more than anybody. But now the Broncos, who do not have multiple first-round picks, have two seconds and two thirds. That's that's at least – you're in the ballpark now. That's a nice job by them. That's a lot to give up for the Rams. And by the way, the Rams, they're all in. They better win this year because that team – they have a fifth rounder and two sevens next year. Okay. Like, and after that, they still have no picks because they traded them for Stafford. Like, that is as all in as it gets, for better or worse. Sean McVay was saying that he didn't expect anything to happen, which, of course, NFL coaches lie every time they open up their mouth. So I guess it doesn't matter. But then, and then he's saying, like, oh, you, we could get Von Miller. That's sweet. Like, dude, I get it. Like, but I don't know. The all in chips on the table, not leaving anything. No safety net feels just very, very shaky. From uh, I, you got a lot of talent over there. I get it. You got the quarterback. You got a, a, a an elite defense. You got a, but you have a very good NFC, 
it, it's it's not like you're sitting there in this in a dysfunctional AFC with the best record. I don't know. I I don't I don't complete. I I don't I don't love the trade for him, but uh, I don't I don't know if they needed him. Uh, and they also and you're giving up a ton on a guy that's you could resign or might not resign. How do you make a radio ad for an 8K TV that conveys the feeling of 33 million pixels with over a billion shades of color hitting your eyeballs? This is the best we can do. Samsung Neo QLED 8K. Unreasonably good. Let's make some bets here. Ben Heisler, get on in here. Manager, superstar, bet-sided, and go to WinBet for all your betting needs. W-I-N-N-B-E-T dot com as we bring in the man who will lead us to victory, hopefully, this week. Hi, Ben. How are you? I'm good, Carm. I'm good, Verderan. There, there's always like that caveat. There's always the, he's going to take us to the promised land. He's going to get us from point A to point B, hopefully. We'll see. Maybe. We'll try maybe. to figure it out. There's just like well, there's all this buildup, and then it's just kind of bring him back down. Yeah, maybe I don't need to do that. I got to rethink that. But, you know, I don't want to over – again, this is uh, – as we were starting the show here, uh, you know, over-promising, under-delivering, that's not a thing. You're, you're not a magician here. But we love you nonetheless. And let's make our picks here. Let's take a look at uh, – we've got six games on the docket. And we're going to start with the Bengals and the Browns. This game's in Cincinnati. The Bengals are a three-point favorite. Baker Mayfield sucks. Uh, the Browns stink, but can you really bet on the Bengals? The number, by the way, on this one is 46 and a half. Ben, go ahead. Yeah, I, you've actually seen a little bit of, of uh, sharp support coming in for Cleveland. Started off at uh, Browns plus three and a half. That line has moved back to three, and that kind of makes the most amount of sense, right? Divisional matchup. Browns were still at one point a co-favorite to win that division. Uh, and, I, and I think both betters alike – Sports books, everyone is trying to get used to the fact that the Bengals are a legitimate playoff contender. Whether or not they're going to make a deep run is another conversation, especially when you lose to the Jets. But they're still a talented team with a very effective offense. Um, and the defense throughout the most of the year has been really good, too. They've been really good, especially at stopping the run. But that seemed to go away, especially over the last couple of weeks. Because if you can't stop the Jets against the run with a backup quarterback, I'm not sure how you're going to slow down Cleveland and Nick Chubb now that he's starting to, to finally get healthy. So I, I think you're going to see some points in this game. The, the Browns' pass rush has not been there the last several weeks. They've been much better at home with the pass rush, but that hasn't come through. So I, I like the total in this game more so than taking a side. Uh, give me the over on 46.5. In fact, we've actually seen the over hit in six of the last seven games that these two teams have played against each other. So plenty of points. Uh, in an early uh, you know, AFC North division game, normally these tend to be very low scoring, very physical, but uh, these two teams tend to get after it a little bit on the offensive side of the ball. I'll go. I agree with you on the over for the record. I, I, I think it'll be a game that goes into the fifties in terms of total points. Um, I, I was so happy for Bengals fans. And then last week happened. Like last week was like God just coming down and going, no, you're still the Bengals. Um, I, I will say though, God also for the last month has been like, you were also stole the Browns. So <laughs> it'll, it'll be interesting to see where, where uh, the almighty falls in this one. I, I will take the Bengals to cover. I do not think it will be a blowout. And I'm, I'm with Ben on this one. If I had to bet the game, I think I would just bet the total and go over. Um, but I try to always pick a side. I, I will say that I think the Bengals win a close game. 
like 28, 24, something like that. But it's Mayfield's just, he's not been good. He's not been good. I think he has six touchdown passes all year. It's ridiculous. He's just QBR. He's 26th in the NFL. Good old Baker gunning for a huge deal. And by the way, I don't want to get into too much spirituality on stacking the box, but just for the record, I believe in the football gods. I believe the baseball gods. I believe in the basketball gods, but I don't think our almighty God, whoever your God might be actually cares who wins between the Bengals and the Browns. Definitely not. No. All all I know is that Carmen and I were, were praying to the same guy in the 1990s (laughs) in Chicago and uh, they were listening. We, we didn't have to pray. We had God. He was, he was, <laughs> that's right. He, he was running around and, and, and just delivering. All right. Uh, Denver and Dallas, MJ for life. Uh, this is a, uh, a Dallas team that is, uh, getting a lot of love now. A nine and a half point favorite at home. The Broncos making trades. The number at 45, 49 and a half. Von Miller leaving the facility in tears. Uh, and Dallas, of course, headed for a division championship. Yeah, just, just what we all anticipated, right? Von Miller would no longer be a Bronco. The Dallas Cowboys and Mike McCarthy would be circling the wagons, uh, just mollywopping everybody that goes in their path. This is too big of a line, though. Even at home, even with Dak Prescott coming back, it's incredibly inflated. Uh, I'll still take Denver here. I, I can't figure out – I know that you guys talked about it just before I came on as to sort of what this philosophy might be, but they got plenty of guys – on the roster that as we're recording this today, I'm not sure whether or not they're going to move on from if it was just a situation with Von Miller trying to figure out, do we have the money to be able to sign him long-term? And the answer is no, there's still a possibility maybe in that room that they're still going for it at four and four. Now they're not going to win the division. There's still other teams that are going to get in their way, but there's still plenty of talent on both sides of the ball. It's just a question of whether or not Vic Fangio can put it all together. So Regardless, nine and a half, even on the road against Dallas, who has been the best covering team in the NFL all season, still feels like too many points. Cowboys are seven and zero against the spread this year. At some point, just because this is the nature of the beast, guys, uh, you have to start picking against the Cowboys against that number. It's far too inflated. I think this is going to eventually go to double digits, probably end up at ten. So give me Denver, even though they're a bit of a mess, and it's still Teddy Bridgewater, one of the best covering quarterbacks in the NFL. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and uh, I'm going to disagree with you here. Look, I, I will continue to take the Cowboys to cover. The, the Broncos are not good. They barely beat Washington at home. Now they go to Dallas. I'm assuming Prescott's going to play in this game. Sounds like you will. And you're getting a Denver team that I think is going to be deader than hell after they traded Von Miller and basically told these teams, this team, hey, guys, we think you stink. Like, we're, we're not going for it. We're selling. And, Ben, you hit on the the very important point. Uh, you know, if, if, if you trust Vic Fangio to get it together. Have you seen Vic Fangio? I do not trust him to get it together. He's Vic Fangio. So, for that reason as well, no, I, I, think, I think this is a murder scene. I think this game is something like 30 to 13. Denver's just bad. Denver's a bad team. So I, I will go the other way here. I think, I think it is a big spread. I think Dallas covers it. Verderam piling on Vic Fangio like I've seen everybody else doing is unfortunate. Vic Fangio, Vic Fangio is a good man. I believe in you, Vic Fangio. And uh, uh, another point to, to, to dispute the Verderam angle on this. Verderam, if, if Fanside had made the incredibly poor decision to get rid of me uh, after all I've done and the, the Von Millerness of, 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 of Carm, 
How do you think you'd show up next week on Stack in the Box? Would you still come to play, or would you would you show up with tears and not and not give your best? I don't know. They replace you with somebody good. <laughs> no, I'm just go- I mean, in this scenario. I'm just gone. There's nobody here. It's just you talking. You live. So it's a host to be named later. I'd be. I'd be. I'd be pissed. So I mean, let's be honest about it. You know, I, yeah, I, I'd be like, yeah, I got to show up because it's my job, but I wouldn't be happy about it. And okay. I, I bet you that's how a lot of Broncos players feel. Think about it. You just won the game. You're four and four. You're a game out of first place, essentially, in the AFC West. And your ownership, your general manager just went, yeah, we, we don't think you guys are good. I mean, and they're right, they're right, by the way. They're right to make that move. But I'm just saying, if you're a player, you certainly don't feel that way. You're, you, that, that's all true. They may feel that way, but also NFL guys know that they're playing for their lives every single week. And uh, I, I don't, I don't think the Broncos won't play hard this week against Dallas because Von Miller got traded, but we'll see. All right. I'm with Ben on this one, just for the record, Baltimore is a five and a half point favorite over Minnesota, the same 49 and a half number in this one. Uh, yeah, both. This has been an interesting little Jekyll and Hyde act by the Ravens. And uh, I suppose you could even say that for the Vikings as well. Go ahead, Ben. This was tough because we're coming off a game where it's very easy to have an overreaction to watching Mike Zimmer have one of his worst coaching performances of his entire career, not being able to beat the Cowboys at home with Cooper Rush at quarterback is pretty abysmal. At the same time, if you go back a week, and again, recency bias is a very real and strong thing, we go back and we have to remember that Baltimore at home got boat raced by Cincinnati. So which line and which way do we ultimately end up choosing? I I think with Minnesota, they've just been in this situation far too many times. They've put themselves in bad situations due to coaching. And if we're looking purely at that advantage, it still goes to Baltimore. You know, the the Vikings still have plenty of offensive playmakers, but I still am not trusting of their defense. I'm still not consistent with what we're going to see from them week in and week out. I look for Baltimore to have a much better opportunity to bounce back. And so I think they cover that number even at minus five and a half. And wouldn't surprise me if we see this number creep closer to six, six and a half. Maybe at that point, it's a little bit too inflated. But right now at this very point, I I like Baltimore to cover that number. And I'll probably consider using them in a teaser if that number does come up. Yeah, I put this on here because I think anyone who bets on Minnesota and their games, it's, it's a cry for help. (laughs) <laughs> no one knows what the hell is going on at that team on a week-in, week-out basis. Like, I'll be very honest. I wouldn't be surprised if Minnesota loses by 25 points. I wouldn't be surprised if Minnesota goes in there and wins the game. There's no idea what the hell is going to happen. And Baltimore, which normally I think has been a very consistent team with Lamar Jackson, where it's been, look, they beat on bad teams. They struggle against some of the better teams. Like, you kind of know what you're getting with them. They've been all over the place this year. Should have lost to Detroit. Should have lost right. to Indy. Should have lost to Kansas City. I mean, they have had we- – then they play a Chargers team who everybody thinks has a shot to win the game and kills them and then backs it up by getting just pounded by Cincinnati. I will take the Ravens only because they're at home. And I just – I wonder with Minnesota after that Cooper Rush game, if they're just finally – if they're just cooked. If that was just the final, like, we can't come back from this. But I fully expect to watch this game and see Cousins throw for like 400 yards and just be completely mystified as to how it's happening. So this should be interesting. Let's move to Philly and the Chargers and and do the Chargers get right here uh, going to the Eagles. They're a two-and-a-half-point road favorite. I think they do. Uh, Philadelphia's impressed me last little bit of time. They've played tough. 
I've been a Jalen Hurts supporter, at least from a fantasy perspective. And I, I still think that he's somebody that even though he'll, he'll make a few mistakes from time in and time out, I, I don't think he's worth giving up on this early in his Eagles career, despite what, what many Eagles fans would likely say. Um, it, it's pretty remarkable also to consider that Justin Herbert just a couple of weeks ago was a very viable and top tier MVP candidate. Um, and now he's just not finding his way. A lot of interceptions, a lot of bad turnovers, but um, Chargers are still a good road team. They're still very good at slowing down the passing game. They've had their issues at stopping the run, and that's why I didn't like that matchup for them against New England. Um, but with the Eagles, there's really not much of a threat to run anymore outside of Jalen Hurts. So if you make them one-dimensional, that plays into their strength. And you know, conversely, if the Chargers don't turn it over, I think they win fairly convincingly as well. Uh, like this number, I think this is going to move closer to minus three. So if, we, if I can get them at two in the hook, I will go ahead and do so. Give me the Chargers on the road, minus two and a half. Another interesting game. The Chargers, everybody and their mother was all about them, and then they went and got crushed by the Ravens, had a bye week, and then lost to Mac Jones at home. So, look, I have one concern in this game with the Chargers. They're the worst run defense in football. And if there's one thing Philadelphia is committed to trying to do, it's run the ball. They just ran for 250 against Detroit. And I know Miles Sanders isn't there. They got Boston Scott, but Hurts can run. And that team, one thing with Philly, they can they can maul you up front and they can run the ball. And that team, I, I expect Sirianni, who I think is way overcommitted to the run, for it to actually play in his favor this weekend. They're just going to pound them. They're going to go out on the whole game. And Philly has a couple of pretty good corners and a good pass rush. I actually think Philly's going to win this game. I think, the, I think the Eagles just match up with them. The Chargers are better, but where do the Chargers struggle? Run defense. They they struggle if you can take away Williams and Allen. They don't have a third guy. Well, the, the Eagles have Darius Slay and Steven Nelson. Where, where else do they struggle? Well, they struggle on the right side of their line. Well, the Eagles have guys who can get push. They can do that. With Cox and Hargrave inside, they've got Derek Barnett. Like The linebackers are terrible, but I don't know that that kills you against the Chargers. So – I kind of like Philly to win the game. I look forward to feeling like a dope when they when they lose by 20 this weekend, but I I think Philly matches up pretty well with them. Slight left turn before we get to the Chiefs and the Packers, which should be on Sunday night football. It's just, this is a travesty. But uh, you, you, you mentioned Mac Jones. Hey, Ben, Mac Jones or Justin Fields? Are you talking about who I would want for just for, my team or for rookie for, of the year this year? For life right now for your team. I, I, I will take the guy with the infinite higher amount of upside. I will yes. take Justin Fields. Okay, just, just, okay. just making sure Jones, that we're Jones all... has been the best rookie quarterback this year, but that speaks more to the fact that the rest of these guys are in abominable situations or they're Trey Lance and they're on the bench. Okay, and Ross is weighing in on Justin Fields too. Uh, listen, I, I appreciate it. Uh, I just needed to feel better for a minute. that the, the Mac Bears Jones is Andy Dalton. Yeah, yeah, that's maybe maybe he is, but Andy Dalton's had nice, all had a nice career. Field, right, Lawrence, exactly. the rest of those guys. I, I would put Trey Lance in that conversation. I don't know if I can do it for, for Zach Wilson. You you see the it moments, but just nowhere near a consistent level. Jones hasn't and Jones has had a couple of those plays too, a couple of those deep throws that have been perfect and really well timed. But I just there's so much more upside with the rest of those guys that I, I'm willing to take that shot so that they can become uh, that upper echelon. Like, they need to be the ones to bring up the team. In New England, you know, it was both Brady and Belichick. Now you're asking for Belichick to bring up Mac Jones 
and bring him to a higher level. I just think it's a different scenario. I I got it. And I, and I agree. I would take Justin Fields. However, let's uh, Mac Jones does look awful comfortable out there. And uh, I, I, he, he okay fields may end up having a better career but i do think that mac jones is headed to assuming he doesn't end up on the, you know the jets i think he's going to have a, a, a decent run at it for here for, for he, he for, found himself in a really good situation he, he really did all right here let's let's go last two green bay kansas city is a pick em game packers on the road 55 is the number Sort of screams Green Bay to me right now, considering everything was going on with Kansas City. But that's when you actually bet the Chiefs. I don't know. Pick them at home. It's a rarity for Kansas. I don't know when the last time the Chiefs had to pick them at home. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I saw your your tweet, Verderam, earlier in the week when the original line came out, and uh, you and I both, yeah, you and I both had the same exact thoughts. Like, how in the hell are the Green Bay Packers two and a half point underdogs in this game at Kansas City? And then the rest of the world on Monday night got a chance to see Derek Gore become the story of the night for the Chiefs, not Patrick Mahomes, not Travis Kelsey, not Tyreek Hill, not Frank Clark, not Chris Jones. It was Derek friggin' Gore become your offensive superstar. And they had the rightful reaction, which is move this line all the way to Green Bay at minus one before getting some money back on the other side to make it a pick em. Like, I feel like I'm falling into the trap. Like, this is the one week where everyone's finally off Kansas City that this is the week that all of a sudden they figure it out. But I haven't seen it all year. The Chiefs are 2-6 and six against the spread, one of the worst spread teams in the NFL. Their two wins on the number have come against terrible uh, NFC East teams on the road yeah. in Washington and in Philadelphia. They haven't covered at home this year. So now you're going up against Green Bay. They're 7-1 and one against the spread. They've covered in every win this year, other than that first loss of the season at home. Um, I think the Chiefs will play inspired. I think it'll be closer than maybe some people would expect. Um, if anything, if I'm looking to that Chiefs number, if it p- goes back up to plus one, plus one and a half, uh, I'll absolutely tease that number up and try and get them past a, a touchdown here. Um, but if you're asking me looking purely at this line, if it's a pick them, I much prefer the team that won at Arizona last week that has more time to rest without Devontae Adams and without Alan Lazard. It's the Packers feels like a very easy play, but then again, it almost feels too easy. No, no, no. Sometimes it's just that easy. But can I bet the Packers twice? Has anyone seen Kansas City? I, the Chiefs yeah, are that, That's why the line moved. They all saw them. The Chiefs are awful. Like, I could not believe. I'm not a gambling man. I should have bet the two and a half when it came out. My God. Like, they, they're terrible right now. Terrible. And oh, by the way, the Packers are getting Adams, Marquez Valdez-Scantling back, David Bakhtiari back, Alan Lazard back. They're 7-1. and one. They've won seven in a row. They're on a long week off, as you mentioned, the 10-day rest period. Kansas City's on a short week. Mahomes is doing basically everything he can to turn the ball over on every other play. The Chiefs are going to beat the Packers? Listen, nobody hopes I'm wrong more than me. I think the Packers are winning this game by 21 points. Like, I didn't think this game's close. The Chiefs barely beat the Giants. Like, I, I mean, I think this is another Tennessee or a Buffalo game where they just get killed. There's so, no reason I think that's not going to happen. Right now, according to Carm Research, 93% of the money is on Green Bay, which is why – I absolutely love Kansas City. That's the only way that I bet, and uh, which is 
fade, 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 fade. And sure, it's not going to work every time. But if you, hey, Ben, have you ever done research on that? If you faded the public throughout an entire NFL season, what percentage of the time that you would win? I'd love to see some research on that. We have uh, the entire, we have nine weeks left or whatever you want to call it till the end of the year. Yeah, we, we can do a little bit of a deep dive over at Betsida to see if we go through every game, try and get all the splits together. Yeah, we, we could probably pull off something for you by the time next week rolls around. I, I just love the fade. and, and then I, But then you get in an argument. Like, well, how can you pick it? Well, you, you, it doesn't make logical sense. It does not make logical sense. It, and, and it wouldn't have made logical sense to bet the Jets this week. But you would have won. Uh, I mean, that's, you know, that's just – that's. Right. Uh, I don't know. And and here's the thing too, Carm. If you're going to go with Kansas City, bet them late. Wait until the line as all the public and some of the sharp money continues to come in because you know they're going to be all over Green Bay. Like We already saw the line move, and it's more than likely going to continue to move, especially once Devontae Adams gets confirmed and Lazard is confirmed and Bakhtiari gets back. Like That's going to continue to move the number in favor of Green Bay. So if you want the Packers, take them now while they're still a pick Uh, but if you like Kansas City, wait until that line starts to creep up, and then you can consider whether you want to take them maybe plus one or plus one and a half or tease them up to seven and a half. Yeah, I, I might do the Chiefs, tease them from plus one, one and a half to seven and a half, and then maybe take that Baltimore line of minus five and a half, or if that goes to six, move them back down to a pick. That might be a teaser I might take place in this week. And Patrick Mahomes putting out just all his tweets this year. That dude is still all in, baby. He's not going anywhere. There's no That's lack great. of motivation. Can you stop playing the ball over anytime now. He will. He will. I would bet that he will. Move the ball to his hands. Yeah, but but that's the, the you you know that that's so easily correctable. It's uh, it, he, can he do bad. it? He'll do it. He'll do can it. He, can he uh, can he intercept his uh, defensive players Instagram posts that are going directly to fans? Can he? Get those out of the way. <laughs> that, that would that would be a high level of talent. Uh, all right, last one, Ben. Ten, Tennessee and the Rams. Uh, the Rams are a seven and a half point favorite. They've got Von Miller. They're talking Super Bowl. The number's fifty four. The Titans don't have Derrick Henry for the rest of the year. This seems like a route. You want to? You, you got a contrarian play on this one? Uh, yeah, I, I like Tennessee to cover plus seven and a half. Rams, for whatever reason, have been that team that just never seems to grind it into gear, especially at home that's some weird situation think about that game against the lions where they actually had all the motivation in the world couldn't cover the spread in that game against jared goff and company um and this also just feels like a very inflated not line the public is freaking out they see von miller go to the rams derrick henry goes down they go ahead and freak out but if you look at the numbers the last couple weeks derrick henry despite running 28 and 29 times has been a bit of a non-factor in the last couple games against kansas city and then again against the colts Carried the ball 57 times for around 150 yards, did not score. Uh, I, I think given the opportunity for Tennessee, they're still 6-2. and two, And like every team in the AFC, they have plenty of flaws. But they're still 6-2. and two. They've gotten some big wins this year. And I think the fact that everyone's counting them out in this game does, in fact, fire them up. You still have a really good wide receiver in A.J. Brown. Ryan Tannehill is more than capable of being able to take some plays downfield. Like, yes, it feels like it should be all Rams in a beatdown without Derrick Henry, but they can still win games without Derrick Henry, and I think they can cover that number, especially if I'm getting the hook. I think the Rams are covering the spread. Um, I, I don't think the Titans are going to fall apart without Derrick Henry. But, as I said in the beginning of this podcast, 
I, I think it's a gut blow more than anything else. Like not, he is such a part of their identity and who they are and what they do and their mentality. And and I will say this, I look, yes, their running game is going to fall off without him. Yes. I think it hurts their passing game more in a lot of ways because without him, sure. you're not, you're not stacking the box with eight against them all the time. And guess who's going to be thrown into more coverage now. And guess whose play action is not going to be as effective now. And Tannehill, I would not be surprised if you see Miami Ryan Tannehill now the rest of the way. Like, that is the concern I have. It's not so much about how many yards they're going to run for. It's how hard it's going to be for him to throw the ball. It's a lot easier to double A.J. Brown now. It's a lot easier to play too high and just don't let him beat you over the top, make him beat you with Anthony Ferkser and Jeremy McNichols. That is the problem I have for them. And, I, and by the way, their line has not been good this year. And the Rams' front is just – Good luck. I I, uh, I hear what Ben's saying, and it's a, it's a good argument. I like it. I, and I'm with them long-term here. I think the Titans are still going to win that division. They're still going to be a good team. I think this is a tough spot. I think this is a tough spot, and it's a tough week for them. Derek Gore, Daryl Williams, just for the record here, because uh, Christian weighed in on uh, Gore having one less yard than Williams on two less touches, Mr. Chief. Yeah, uh, Derek Gore clearly is the better player. And, and I and I will have to say, I have to throw out some some flowers to my dad on this one. We're watching a preseason game, and Derek Gore touched the ball like three times. And my dad's like, I don't know who that is. Play him. Like, I have no idea who that person is. Play that guy. And he has an unbelievable knack for this. Like, I remember years ago, the famous story of my father. They We were watching a Georgia Tech game. And they were playing Notre Dame. And my father watches maybe 20 minutes of college football every year. Could care less. All in on the NFL. Watching the game, this receiver makes a catch on a slant, stiff arms a guy, picks up like 20 yards. My dad just he's like, I don't know who the hell that is. I'd take that guy with the top five pick. It was Calvin Johnson. Like, just, just watch one play. And it was like him. I'd take him. And it has done that. Did it with Tom Bali years ago during a Penn State game. So, like, a quarter. But he missed his calling as a scout. That being what, said. What's your dad's Gore, name? What's that? What's your dad's first name? Lance. So John Lance Dorsey, is that what we're hearing here? Or, uh... it, it, was, it, is, it has been – it is uncanny. It really – it's it's, it's <laughs> almost 100% hit rate. Um, but with, with Gore, he's clearly the fastest guy they have. And by the way, he has vision – like, sometimes I watch Clyde Edwards-Alaire, and it's like watching Ray Charles try to hit the hole. It's just – there's there's just no ability to see anything. How many times does he run into a guard's ass when there's a hole like a mile wide on either side of him? Should, should have been Stevie Wonder. He'd find the hole. I, I, oh, Jesus. I, but I, I, you know what? I, I think – I think terrible. at least – yeah, we're going to move on immediately. Um, Stevie but, can see. Come on. We know this. By the way, anyway. I like – but, but I, I poor, poor Stevie Wonder, man. Poor man. Stevie Wonder. Poor Stevie Wonder. No, man, he's he's no a great, it's a great. It's a great. sight. Somebody walks in front of him, he turns his head. <laughs> Honestly, guy's got more. Guy could probably see better than than the two of you. <laughs> anyway, right, we love you, Stevie. You're the man. Well, hey, by the way, I appreciate Ross 2K in here, man. I see you. Yeah. Uh, thank yeah. you so much for all the, all the comments. And, uh, you know, you ought to apply for a scouting position. My dad, he's, he's incredible at that stuff. But, yeah, listen, I um, I think he should play more. Like, Gore has good vision. And he has good feet, man. He was cutting. He was hitting the hole last night. By the way, I love that the Chiefs will move on. 
I love the Chiefs last night. Derek Gore looks like Emmett Smith before halftime on that drive. Never see him again the rest of the game. That was it. It was almost like they watched him run and how successful he was. And Andy, he was like, can't have that. Can't be successful <laughs> running the ball. We don't want to get away from our identity of Pat throwing into double coverage every play. Like, God, God, it, it, just, it, it is mind-blowing. But anyway, I digress. Ben, you're the man. Great stuff. Uh, hope everything's going well at home. I, I know you're, uh, your yes. wife's on the mend here for after uh, a boxing match and or slipping on something. So, so prayers up on that. I, I, I know you guys are going in the right direction. Thank you. Yeah, I, uh, <laughs> the, the boxing match would have been new to me. She, uh, she tripped on a dog toy at the top of the stairs and uh, did a full fracture on her tibia and fibula in her left leg. So uh, strong, strong, resilient woman. Uh, but, uh, yeah, long road to recovery ahead. Does she have any more surgeries at her or is she out of the woods with that? She's, she's out of the woods. She had the first one about two weeks ago. Where I had to put this big external fixator on her leg. And then, uh, about a couple weeks after that, she's in like this full on, uh, and that's not a cast. It's a brace. So you got to go from like zero to 30, then zero to 60. So we're getting there, but, uh, she's an absolute trooper. Yeah. And you're getting dad of the year awards. Knocking down. <laughs> Maybe just not for my kids. <laughs> <laughs> right here, pal. You're you're st- you're stacking the box stamp, Dad of the Year. YouTube ramp, co-dad of the years. Uh, Ross is giving prayers up for Ben's wife. Thank you so much. And somebody's asking, will uh, uh, Rosario's asking about Watson getting traded? He's not getting traded. I, I would uh, be shocked. I'd be very yeah. surprised. He would have been moved by now if if somebody was willing to do yep. it. And in my opinion, hey Ben, we'll see you next week, my friend. See you, Jets. Ben Heisler, managing editor, bet sided, win bet, W Y N N B E T dot com for all your gambling needs. Vertoram, let's wrap it up here. Uh, you want to you want to give love to your Knicks, even though we didn't go to the Knicks in the Bulls game. Well, I listen, I got to give love. Then they lost to the Raptors last night at the Garden, despite Scotty Barnes and Pascal Siakam not playing. Now a lot a lot of this happened because they gave up thirty eight points in the third quarter, which I think Thibodeau might never get over. Um, it was one of the most incredible shooting barrages I've ever seen. Toronto was hitting shots that I swear to God, if they took them 10 times, they hit twice and just hit every shot they could possibly make. The Knicks were also terrible defensively. Uh, that's bad news for uh, Indiana, I assume, who the Knicks play tomorrow night, who I, I think Thibodeau is going to take it out on. Randall also had 18 points in the first quarter and then had four the rest of the game. So not great out of him. But I want to give specific love R.J. Barrett, who this offseason – was very vocal about the fact I'm going to work on my defense. And he was already like a pretty good defender. He has become a phenomenal defender. And now he's backing that up with the last three games in Chicago. I, I forget exactly how many points he had. He was 20 something, but very, very well against the Pelicans. He had 36 new 35 or 36 new career high last night. He had 27 on his last 31 shot attempts. He has 62 points. He has been he had, unbelievable. He had 35 against the Pels. He also hey. shot six of eight uh, from the three-point line. Um, yeah. He, he's been unbelievable. Um, so despite the, their loss, they are five and two. They're playing very good basketball. I got to tell you, going into the year, I said, Knicks, trying to, be, trying to just keep it real, 45 to 46 wins. That's where I had the Knicks. Um, which I think is still very realistic. I also, though, I got to tell you, after watching this team, even with the loss yesterday, I would not be surprised if the Knicks win 50 games. Like, the Knicks are 
the Knicks are actually really good. And Noel has not played a, a, a second yet. Quickly has been almost trying to lose them games. And yet they're 5-2. and two. They've beaten Philly, Boston, and Chicago. Like, and by the way, Boston's a wreck. Nice win by the Bulls last night. Give them all the credit in the world. But I, I say that not because they lost the Bulls. The Bulls are playing very well. But Marcus Smart after the game, as you saw those comments. I sure did. Uh, not just, great. Yeah, well, and I, just a reminder on your 50 wins, the East is tough, man. It is. That, that's why I say 45-46 to me is still a, a fair number. But yeah, I mean, I mean, it you, is very tough. You're going to have some some good teams missing the playoffs, and we're you know eight games into the yeah. season roughly. But right now, Atlanta misses the playoffs. The Milwaukee Bucks miss the playoffs. The Celtics right. miss it, but you know, so it's the Celtics might miss it. The, the Celtics have a the chance Celtics to miss. Are not good, man. I, I, right. I, they, I mean, Tatum and Brown are ridiculous, but the rest of that team, I don't know. Like, I, I feel for you, a Patrick Williams. It was unfortunate he got hurt. Um, that stinks. But I'll tell you, man, that Knicks Bulls game, all of our beef aside over it. Like, when I watch that game, that felt like just two really good basketball teams playing each other. Like, it was not a game where you're like, well, you know, they're, they're both okay. And I think that was backed up by the fact that the Bulls then beat the Jazz and the Celtics. The Knicks have already beaten Philly and Boston. Like, yeah, no, the, the, that was a weird night uh, on a lot of levels, uh, but the the Knicks won that game going away. At least they should have. Um, but then Julius Randle gets an offensive rebound and put tries to put it right back up, and then all of a sudden the Bulls end up getting a shot to tie it with Demar Derozan. I mean, the Knicks Knicks had control of that game in the fourth. It just got close at the end, which yeah, is what happens. Most- went crazy. Yeah. Um, but I, I'll, I'll, we can wrap on this. When you look at the East, you're right. There's a lot of really good teams. Um. But I, I got to say, I think our two teams are going to be firmly in the mix here. I, oh, I, I agree. I don't think they're going anywhere. I think the Bulls are good. The Knicks are good. You know, I know both pe- there are a lot of people who kind of came down on both sides of those two teams. I think those two teams, no question, are good teams. Like, I, I, think, I think they're definitely going to be playoff teams. And I don't think either one of them is going to be in the play-in, by the way. Yeah, listen, Chicago uh, is going from Bears to Bulls very quickly right now. I Stop. bet. Let's stop talking about uh, that disaster. And oh my God, the Bulls are good again. So think about, a minute. Think about New York City, the Giants, oh. and the Jets. My God, no. And I gotta say, I was. And I, I will stop here. I was with with the injuries I mentioned. I was impressed by Toronto. Toronto, and, and look, they're really well coached and all that. You know, you're going to get an effort out of them. The Knicks got up 15 points in that game, and I think the Knicks kind of mentally were like, "Oh, we're going to kill this team." Toronto just kept coming, man. It really did. I got to like Toronto would not be surprising if they get into a playing tournament situation or something like there. And that's the thing about the East. Really, if you take Orlando and Detroit out, everybody in the East can win. Like everybody, you know, even a team like like, like Charlotte doesn't get a lot of shine, but they're pretty good. Charlotte's good, Charlotte, man. Charlotte's a good team. You know, even a team like Cleveland, like Cleveland's not good, but Cleveland's got some guys. Like the Mobley looks like a hell of a player. You've got yeah, Allen, Sexton, you've got Sexton yeah. and Garland. Like that team's probably going to make a play in, and they're pretty good. I'm telling you, that's what I'm saying. the The East is tough. There, there's not a lot of gimmies, uh, and that which will make the playoffs a lot of fun. Yes, yep. Christian, the Bulls came down from 19 down to the fourth last night. They came storming back behind Very the close. coolest, behind the best player on their team, uh, Demar Derozan. People 
should start to recognize that. All right, we got to go. We'll start our new podcast, Inside the Paint, uh, in a couple of weeks here. Because, Vertoram, if you're going to talk this much hoop, we might have to just do an NBA version of this thing, So, uh, which, I, which I would love. All right. Uh, hey, I can't wait for Packers and Chiefs this week. So, and I'll, I will be very much remembering that that Verdi had uh, had Kansas City getting smoked at home. We shall see how it all turns out. Should be a great show next week. Hope you enjoyed this one, Verderam. Uh, I I owe you a I, I do, I'm giving you a slight apology for not communicating on the day of that we could have gone and spent a half a basketball together. That's my bad. I feel bad. I'm going to try to make it up to you, uh, Ross. I disagree with you. Levine is not the Bulls' best player. So, uh, yeah. I hope you accept my 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 apology on that. But if you don't, I understand, I guess, supposedly, maybe, a little. Bye. I think you're frozen. I'm here, but let's, let's go. Okay. We'll see you next time. Thanks for watching Stack in the Box. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.